0: Hey, everyone, welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast, a Hope Fellowship podcast all about helping you survive and thrive in your marriage in ways only God could imagine. I'm your host, Seth Muse, and with me is Hope Fellowship lead Care and Sport Pastor Brock Yankee and licensed professional counselor, of course, Tara Wiedemeyer. How you guys doing?
1: Hey, gentlemen.
0: <laughs> yes, sure.
2: All uh, this, right. Just as a warning before we start this podcast, everyone, Tara is in a mood. <laughs> And so this might be... What kind of mood? I don't know. This is just a she mood. Is giddy. So we may be all over the board. Just as a little warning label here, the professionalism like, that we've provided up to this point in time may be out the window. Yeah, we're just,
0: six, six episodes in.
1: <laughs> someone's tired.
0: And
2: uh, Someone's tired, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, we've, we've, we've covered a lot of stuff. We've covered a lot of, of, of ground. We've gone through... The Four Horsemen, and we've gone through communication, and we've talked through how can we better communicate with our spouse and uh, even gotten into the spiritual side of things, which has been really cool. It's pretty fancy. Yeah, fancy stuff. Um, So that Four Horsemen test, where um, obviously it's been really helpful. We talked about criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling as being the Four Horsemen that can ruin a relationship. If someone wanted to take that test, where could they go and find it?
1: The Google.
2: The Google, but so, make sure you Google because there's some weird revelation yeah, stuff on there. I'm look, sure you'll find other. And this is going things. to sound even better. You just Google it says, look for Marlene and Bob. If it says Marlene and Bob, Marlene beside and Bob, it, then you will know it's a good thing. <laughs> Who uh, knew
0: that this fancy scientific assessment was found at Marlene and Bob?
2: But you know, you, you've you've heard you've heard about the four horsemen. They walked into a bar, right? No. Oh. the bar the bartender saw the four horsemen and said, "Hey." Why the long face? Oh, my gosh. And so just had <laughs> to... Why are you the way you are? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who was it that was in that mood? I think oh, Tara man. is having oh. influence. Wow. Because
2: we talked about before in a previous episode about accepting influence. <laughs> and so that's what's happening here. We're accepting... <laughs> The We're we're going
0: with it, man. We're going with it. And uh, that test can really help you guys out. So go get that and find it at Marlene and Bob and look for that in in the Google. So uh, it'd be a big help for you guys to take that test, kind of assess where you are. All right. So with all these practical applications, practical things we can do, um, if you don't have emotional trust, you really don't have much at all. So we need to talk through about how we can develop some of that emotional trust. And, and uh, I guess, you know, put deposits in the bank with each other uh, sometimes we like to say so what are some of the ways that we can build that emotional trust between uh, each other in our marriage relationship
1: well I think let's break down kind of what trust is first and foremost and um, I think there are some general rules and questions that we can ask ourselves so one of the resources that we've used to kind of break it down It defines like being there for me like can you say your spouse is actually there for you and so those areas look like can I talk to you will you listen and empathize even if you don't agree with me can you be on my side rather than against me and then do you see our relationship as your primary or significant relationship
2: so what what do you do Tara if if you can't answer yes to those questions I mean like so I'm sitting there and I, I don't feel that my spouse is really there for me so what can I do to begin to because we can't really necessarily control another person as we've talked right. about a lot so what can i do to, is that just something internally i have to go on a journey on or is it, what, what can i do with that
1: i think in that moment you share that like a like that's a conversation or conversations that need to be had and you know y'all need to open that up for discussion and really unpack that and look because it could be solely based on you know something that i've been telling myself over and over again that's not actually true you know, or it could it could be for sure a legitimate thing that's going on, and I'm picking up on the, the vibe between us. And so I think if your spouse doesn't know you feel that way, you've got to first put that out there and kind of work through it so you can even, because that's the thing is like all everything we're talking about, there's a trust component to it. And so if you can't even say, hey, "I trust this person." That I'm like sharing my life with, that I've decided to do life with, then like hold up, we got to back up and do that thing. So yeah. I think if you cannot say yes to that, then starting the conversation of like I can't say yes to this, yeah. these questions because that is a trust issue, right? Yeah. And <laughs> so if
2: you're the person and your spouse says that to you, because I've talked to a lot of guys and they've kind of had those conversations, they felt like the, the relationships eroded to some degree, and so. What So, if you're that person, you're hearing that, that, hey, I don't trust you anymore. It's like, what do you do to start to repair that trust? I guess would yeah. be my question.
1: Well, I think sometimes it's ho- when you're emotionally involved in something and invested in something, you get very quickly, um, it's easy to be non objective and get stuck in the weeds of stuff. And so, not getting stuck on, you know, things that are not necessarily. Um, Patterns, or you know, you're getting caught up on, in the language they used rather than what they're trying to express to you. And so, it's hard to have big picture um, thoughts on stuff like this, but I think we need to. So, if that means we need to take a step back and get some clarity, whether that's taking a break or um, you know, putting ourselves in our spouse's shoes or even someone else's shoes, like let's say with your children, they've broken trust with you, how would you express to them? that they need to repair that. Like what, what would you suggest and try to, because I think a lot of times we can't talk clearly to the issue because of our emotions and because of our hurt. And so getting a little bit of space between that.
2: So if I'm told that maybe a good thing for me to, would be to get a little space, kind of really think about what they've told me and then kind of start to think about what I've done and kind of ways to begin to repair that kind of get a game plan for repair would that be decent advice or is what that... do you
1: mean when you say like are so, you saying doing that on your own or with your spouse
2: so uh, yeah so maybe the spouse comes to you and they say hey i'm just i'm done i can't take this relationship anymore i don't trust you at all and so then there's the one person saying boy that's i didn't ever mean for that to take place and so then it's like especially if you're the guy sitting there and you hear that and so a lot of guys will come to me because the trust is broken the 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 love is gone, maybe, or something like that. And so they're kind of looking for a game plan, an action plan. What can I do to start to build that bridge back to them and gain some trust with this human being so that they'll want to be back in relationship with me? Right. So I, I usually tell people at that point in time, like, there's really, we can't control that same old advice. You can't control them. So that's right. going this inward journey and see what they may have said to you. That is true so you can start to repair or mm-hmm. or not fix isn't the right word, but just right. change some of those things so that you can be start to repair that bridge toward them of trust because your actions are going to be different than they were right. in the past.
1: I think there has to be. Yes. So self-reflection and work needs to be done. But at the same time, like if you're if your partner is coming to you and saying these things, whether like maybe you don't even agree with them, you know, or you don't see like the severity of it like, that's when I think it has to be that back and forth conversation. And those are hard conversations to have. Um, And so going back to some of the stuff we've talked about, as far as like, staying in your lane, like you Mm -hmm. said, and watching your tone and, you know, don't do it when you're tired. And, you know, just using some of those tips, so y'all can have as best a conversation as you can around something that Could easily go south
2: so you're you're kind of putting yourself in the best position so you can truly hear the Mm -hmm. perspective of that other person right then you can then that's up to you to deal with that information
0: i I think some with Kara and i we have a an agreement that has helped us build trust and is that divorce is not going to be on the table it's just not an option and that forces us to always go well that's not an option that's not something we're going to pursue we are going to always try to work things out. And so that helps me to trust that no matter how bad it gets, I know at least we have verbally agreed to that, is that this is this is something that we're, we're both committed to. Like even if we're not doing it very well, we're always going to come back to, well, we've committed to trying to make this work. So when we feel like, oh, the love is gone or the spark is lost, the fire is out, you know, that kind of thing, it's like, okay, well, the option is not, well, maybe this isn't working anymore. The option is now, well, what are we going to do to get that back? And so I know she feels that way. She knows I feel that way. That helps me and, and her to, I think, start looking at some of these other things. You know, like, what are we going to do to make this happen? How are we going to open this up again? And, you know, I think that when we enter marriage, we make those vows. And sometimes I don't know that we're real serious about that and in, in being together forever because we don't really realize how much work that's gonna be. Mm-hmm. And if you're not committed to doing the work ahead of time, it makes it really, really tough when you get into those situations when you're like, man, this is way harder than I thought it was gonna be. Now we have to actually do some work and make some commitments and make good on our word. That's tougher. Um, so I'd see that as a, as a, just as you're looking at how are we going to do this? How are we gonna make this work? For me, that's worked for, that's worked for us and so maybe that works for someone else
1: yeah and i think that's good because it it already it builds in the a factor of security that Mm -hmm. you that's not where somebody's going to go and like want to throw in the towel but a lot of couples don't have that agreement or haven't grown up to view divorce the way some of us might yeah um and so i think for those people it might be even scarier because unknowns are scary and so Mm -hmm if the possibility that you or your spouse or both of you are gonna be like, okay, this is enough's enough, you know, then you don't really have that built in security. And so, um, I think even if y'all've never had that conversation starting there, like what are your what are your views on divorce? Mm-hmm. You know? And um even if this is as bad as it is right now, like do I still wanna be married to you? And then maybe you agree at that moment like that's not an option for us, or at least for right now, that is not going to be an option for us and we're going to exhaust all of our other resources. And it is hard work and it is going to take time. And it's, it's emotional and it's physical and it's spiritual. And we just have to, you know, keep, you know, cutting away at it. And I think over time, if, if you see your partner doing that and you're doing that yourself, that in and of itself can be super encouraging. And, um, Kind of like energizing to keep going and to yeah. keep doing it. Because if you hack away at something and it's not changing at all or getting any better, yeah. what's the point? But if you're hacking away at it, and even if it's slow, but it's forward moving, you're going to keep doing it. Because
2: I think just saying divorce is not an option, I think that's a good starting point. But then I think couples are going to stay there and just kind of live in their misery. Mm-hmm. And so you're yeah. almost saying, so misery is not an option. Misery is not an option, but you're, it's almost, you're saying that we're going to close every other door of option. But the only door of option that's going to be left open is that we're going to work on this marriage. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about what hard work looks like. And we've talked about what repair looks like. And so you're kind of saying this is the option that we're going to mm-hmm. pursue. And again, if your spouse isn't going to do that, you still do that. You mm-hmm. still pursue everything you can to be uh, more Christ-like in this marriage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: So Tara uh, is, is a little bit of a fangirl sometimes. I don't know if the... The listening audience knows that, but one of her fan people is Brene Brown. Yes, it is. So she loves Brene Brown. So Brene, if you're listening, Brene, here's your biggest <laughs> I'd love fan to right take here. I a coffee. So I have I have a, my little uh John Gottman. She's got a Brene Brown thing, but Tara, we were talking the other day, and you said Brene Brown kind of has a little acronym yes. that can be helpful. Would you mind kind of sharing that?
1: Not at all with us. Um, so. I really like this not just for emotional trust, but multiple things um, and areas of like just work and like taking a self inventory. And so this is called her braving inventory, but this is something that I help that I think helps build that emotional trust with people. And again, not just with your spouse. Um, but it can be taken into all kinds of relationships and applied. On a daily basis and so um, i'll go through them and then we'll kind of break them down but um if these things aren't there in a relationship i think that kind of answers the question of is there trust here or not um is this a safe person for me
2: these elements need to be in place for Mm -hmm. that emotional trust to at least be
1: to 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 be there and to be thriving yeah Yeah. to or at least to be not stagnant Okay. Um, so having boundaries reliability Accountability, vault, integrity, non-judgment, and generosity. So when you put those all down in a line, it spells braving. It's oh, an it's acronym. A spelling thing. Hey. Very cool.
2: Yes, Tara's Brock. showing off her yes, education Brock. once again. It's a spelling thing. That's, that's right. A, okay. Also known
0: as an acronym. Oh, okay. All
2: right. That's thought Tara <laughs> just... Brock is also showing wanting. off his... <laughs> oh,
0: it's a spelling thing.
1: <laughs> it's one of those first letter spells It's stuff. done got them letters in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so are there boundaries present? Do they respect your boundaries? Are you respecting theirs? Um, what's okay and what's not okay? Is it clear? Um, and being able to say no, are you able to do that if necessary, if you are out of margin or you need to say no? So if those things um, are in place, then there's either some like poor boundaries or no boundaries, and so setting those up can help build some trust. Um, reliability is can I count on you to say or to do what you say you're going to do? Um,
2: so if, I, if 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 I know there's trust in my relationship and my spouse can't, feel that I'm just I'm starting to work on that I can be reliable Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so something that's like helped for me in this area is a lot of times I like to take on way too much and not even sometimes realize I'm taking on too much but I'll say like yeah I'll send you that later today or I'll call you back after I get off work you know that kind of stuff and even if I have the best intention to do that but I've already committed to something or i I'm going to be exhausted, or I need to take care of myself, or pick up my kids, or whatever it is. Um, it may not happen when I say it's going to happen. So sometimes not giving a time on when you say you're going to do things is helpful because we don't want to overpromise. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Or <laughs> you know, commit ourselves to things that like we really can't do. And so that's why it also has to be okay to be to be. You have to be able to say no, and it be respected and accepted. You know, by the recipient. Um, So yeah, just not over promising um, to deliver on commitments and that we kind of hopefully can balance some of our priorities. Um, The next one is accountability, um, which is just us owning our mistakes, apologizing and making amends. So if we do hurt someone, we go to them and we authentically apologize and make efforts not to do that again. Um, And we just, we stay responsible. Um, the vault is that we don't share information or experiences that aren't ours to share. So in regards to our spouse, if, you know, let's say my husband's going through something with a friend and he, we've been talking about it, it's not okay for me to go then and share it with that friend or anybody else because that's not my story to tell. You mm-hmm. know, like I need yeah. to remain a vault. and that, that's going to destroy trust.
2: Absolutely. And there. it can
1: hurt that relationship that's already under strain or whatever's going on you know and so um i just think this should be a rule period because this is something that makes people trustworthy or not right off the bat you know if you you're not going to go to somebody that you know is you know going to be loose lipped with it anyway so
2: because we don't want to sink any ships
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) so Just keeping things confidential, even if the person doesn't ask you to do so. Just automatically, like, put it in the vault, you know. Um, Pretend you're a therapist and that you have HIPAA um, parameters to follow. So um, the next one's integrity. This is a hard one to do sometimes, but choosing courage over comfort. Um, Brene Brown says, you choose what is right over what's fun, fast, or easy. And you choose to practice your values rather than simply professing them. So, practicing what you preach. And anytime we do this, you've got to stay in awareness and you've got to stay in the right headspace to do this. And so, a lot of other things have to happen in order for that to happen. But sometimes doing the right thing is not the fun thing or the comfortable thing or the most popular thing. Oftentimes, it's not. And so, to still do that and people to see that, they're going to see, hey, this person's got integrity. And if they have integrity with this, then I can trust them with, you know, my secrets or my emotions or my money or whatever it is. That is the issue. And then there's non-judgment. I can ask for what I need and they can ask for what they need from us. And then we can talk about it, how we feel about it without any judgment. So there's this back and forth that is truly vulnerable and open without criticism or judgment.
2: Yeah, cuz this sounds like one where criticism criticism and contempt could come in really easily Heck yeah! and it's yeah. going to destroy trust if you're that person doesn't feel like they can share things with you non-judgmentally that they you're going to come back and kind of eh, critique them a little bit. That would destroy trust pretty quickly. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the last one is generosity, and it, she says on this one, you extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words, and actions of others. And so Whatever that means, in the context of the experience or the event, you are trying to be compassionate and intentional and kind in that moment so that you can be generous and meet that person where they're, where they're at, whether you, you know, maybe you don't agree with it or fully understand it, but you're able to take that, sit with that in a way that is still generous and um, you're being cautious with this person's or careful with this yeah. person's mood story words feelings it's kind
0: of like you know you're opening you're opening the gap of you know, like you can fill it with trust or suspicion mm-hmm. and it's like they've done something you're like oh, i'm not sure what's going on there that seems like you're trying to hurt me that yes. seems like you're trying to betray me or you're lying or whatever yeah but then you're like hold up i love this person i want to give them the benefit of the doubt and when you're saying being generous
1: yep you're with generous that, with your you're generous yeah. with your
0: trust and yeah. you're saying okay i Probably that's not what they were intended to do.
1: Well, and that goes back to like, let not me it out. Seeing your spouse as a threat. Yeah. You know, if you know that they really love you, but it's just a bad day or they had a bad day. And so maybe we need to extend a little bit more grace and kindness to them because they snapped and like we could snap back or we could just be like, Oh, well I know they had a really stressful day
2: mm-hmm.
1: not to make it okay, but not, it doesn't maybe need to turn into an argument, you know? And so I think that, if a rule of thumb, just if we give people the benefit of the doubt, people who, who we have a rapport with and trust with that we normally consider safe, mm-hmm. and hopefully that's your spouse, then they automatically get the benefit of the doubt unless they've proved otherwise.
2: So I know I harp on this all the time, but if this all, the braving, <laughs> if the spelling thing, is it's really kind of the ultimate, again, we're just, we're not asking this or saying this to our spouse, we're saying this of ourselves. And like I am going to work on this so that I can be a person that's trustworthy Mm -hmm. I can be someone of trust and you mentioned that last one too about generosity I think it's interesting I heard uh, a guy speaking the other day and he was talking about compliments and sometimes we'll think about compliments or nice things to say to our spouse or other people in our head And he said a lot of times we'll kind of dismiss those and say ah you know I'm not gonna but he kind of made the statement that really hit me He said why would you rob someone of that Mm -hmm. I mean if I really think my wife is wonderful. Why would I, I mean, because I'd want to hear those things. I'd want someone to tell me what they, they think about me. So why would you rob someone of that blessing that's i hey, I'm going to be generous and kind with my words. And I know there's times when things can be tough in the relationship. And so maybe they don't really believe that. But again, at the same time, why would we not give that opportunity to let someone know what we really think about them? And that's kind of goes back to our positive words and creating this mm-hmm. instead of this idea of, you know, I don't really like you. I'm, I'm kind of building up this rapport of all the things I've, I've said about you. And so mm-hmm. I think a big deal for me in building trust is we definitely want that person to feel cherished and feel valued. And cherished is kind of a word I hear all the time. Tara and Seth both made fun of me when I said I should talk about the word cherish a little bit earlier. <laughs> said It's just it was not
0: a, a real common
2: word. I know, <laughs> but I like the word because it's, it's saying here's another human being, the person that God has given me. That I'm going to really make sure that they feel cherished, they feel valuable. And what person wouldn't want that? Well, I think
1: that's a it's a very sacred word, mm -hmm. and I'm glad it's actually not like overused. I do think it's a bit cheesy, but it is. It's really beautiful when you break it down and look at like the roots. Thank you. Thank you. Calm down. Calm down. But (laughs) I'm just say sugary. (laughs) Yes, but if you look at it, I mean, like it talks about how like. If you look at the word like beloved, you know, and it, it that sounds ridiculously cheesy and Disney like, but you look at it and it talks about like how that's how God loves us and mm-hmm. we're to love our, you know, I, I look at that word kind of in that same realm of just like, it's not one that you want to just use because it could be, I, it needs to be saved for like a specialness, you know, if that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. But you can you can see, I mean the listener can very easily see that who really drives this podcast cuz I have to fight to get my words in here. Oh wow. So cherish oh, something. Oh wait. Is that one of the party. is that one of the is that one of the four <laughs> horsemen that's coming out right the there? Horsemen. I didn't really mean that. I'm just using that as an example so that people listening can learn sure from my sure, supposed yeah. faults. Mm-hmm. So no, but I, I really do think cher- "cherish" is really an important word because I, I don't feel cherished. No, he shouldn't at that point in time. But I do want my wife to feel that way because I want her to feel like she's valuable, yeah. she's important to me. Uh, you know, and that's that's kind of again on me uh, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make sure that I'm doing those things and kind of in creating that trust. I think pursuit is also a big deal yeah. of creating this element of like, oh, this person does really care about me, and it's almost like when we have that element in our in our relationship it's like we give each other the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. We trust each other more. If this person's doing more things that are kind of positive and kind, and they do something dumb, I have a more tendency to let something go like that, but it's all kind of constantly negative and bickering and attacking, and they do something smart or something kind, but I'm gonna interpret it as like, well, I don't know if they really meant to do that. And so it's really kind of, we yeah. we can set the, t- the tone mm-hmm. of how our, our spouse is gonna respond by the majority of what we're, we're giving out.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned something interesting there
2: in pursuit.
0: Um when you feel like you are being pursued, it uh it does kind of cover a lot of th- things for you. It covers a lot of wrongs. We don't want
2: to get churchy here, guys, and use sacred words like beloved and cherish and yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. We well, don't want to go that as, direction. As we're
0: in, we're in the midst of this conversation, um when you're being pursued, it does feel a little bit more like this person cares for me, they love they love me, and so when something happens it is easier to go, Okay, well, you know, maybe there's something going on. or whatever. Maybe
2: he didn't mow the lawn because he had a, yeah. had a rough day and stuff like he's being a jerk yeah, and just totally kind of not mowing the lawn because he, he wants to teach me a lesson or something. But
0: here. he cooked dinner and cleaned up the kitchen and took the kids out. You know, it was like, there's, there's Uh-oh. all these other things that scorecard, Seth scorecard. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's not that he just didn't want to mow the yard. He didn't, he didn't want to mow the yard at all. Well, um, really interesting really really helpful any last parting thoughts of wisdom here for um pursuit for cherishing each other for how to build that emotional trust uh from either one of you guys
1: just remember that like i think all of these things are very much worth a conversation um you got to start somewhere and if even if you don't know where to start throw a dart i didn't mean for that to rhyme but like just pick one of the areas that you don't feel like good about or secure in and go there and just kind of start to unpack it and be okay with that area not being okay right now.
0: Thank you guys so much for this. Very helpful. We're at the mid-season mark. Episode six is down and we we'll, we have six more coming, six more to go. So I'm excited about those. Um, so thank you guys out there for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. I hope you'll subscribe. And again, give us a rating or a review in iTunes. It really helps us out kind of give us some feedback let us know what you think of the show Um, next time um, you'll just have to wait and see because we've got a whole slew of new shows a plethora a plethora coming up in the next uh, six episodes of the mindful marriage podcast second half of season two some would some would call it um, that are gonna everyone
2: would call it everyone
0: (laughs) might call it yeah it's gonna be really great so you'll be back for that we'll be releasing those very soon and uh, just want to say thank you guys for sticking with us and listening and uh, taking to heart kind of some of these things and working on your marriages because you're marriage is a picture of Jesus in the church, is a picture to kids, kids, the world that's watching, and it is one of the, some of the most important work that you'll be doing. So thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll be back soon. See you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.